visiting with Coach Salazar as we get defensive with Westlake's assistant head coach and defensive coordinator. And I'm going to throw some stats at you because we seem to talk about it every single year, Coach. The new defensive line, the new linebackers, the new defensive backs. And your group has only given up 30 first-half points this season. And you look at it on paper and you say, Westlake scored 209 points in the first quarter, and their opponents have scored 10 in 11 games. That doesn't happen. And, and I think people are not necessarily aware of how special your defense has been. Um, whatever you have that type of you know production out of one specific group, I think you have to turn around and give credit to the other two. Our defense, obviously, we use our special teams uh, to help set up our defense and vice versa for our offense. And so when you look at that and you have a, you know, we hope to get a, a three and out or a four-play drive or a five-play drive on the first possession of the game on defense, we're looking to gain that ball on the plus side of the 50 for our offense. Our high-powered offense, you give them 40, 50 yards to go. Our chances of scoring touchdowns are great, greatly improved. The goal board kind of tells a story. You know, I do this weekly blog called Westlake Game Day where I go back through the previous game, share some highlights on YouTube, do some cut-ups and stuff like that. But it's a way for me to inform everybody that this is how many three-and-outs happened, that this is where the turnovers occurred. This is where a tip ball at the end of a game against Lake Travis that had absolutely no meaning if they scored a touchdown or not, this is the level of effort you're getting with seconds remaining in the ball game, desire to play well, not just in the first quarter or the second quarter or the third quarter or the fourth quarter, but the entire game. For me, I'd like you to speak to that because I think effort is a big part of it. Some teams have kids that are willing to give a little bit more on the football field when they're tired, when they're sore, when you know maybe the chips aren't uh, all you know falling in their favor. I think two words can kind of describe what you're talking about. I think that's passion, and I think that's pride. Our kids are passionate about playing football. They're passionate about the game. They're passionate about playing at a very, very high level and getting to the football as fast as they can. With that passion is driven by pride, pride in being a part of this program and a part of wearing that red, white, and blue and that silver helmet that uh, so many great players and teammates have before this class. I think it's a respect um, to the guys that have come before and laid the foundation. It's a respect to their teammates. You've heard Coach Dyes talk about it, but it's so true. And what we live here in this field house, it's 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 never want to be called out by your teammates because you you took a play off. Never wanting to you know show your teammates that you're scared. I think that peer pressure goes so far with our kids, and I think it's probably what sets our kids apart from a lot of other programs when you start to get to the round of 32, the round of 16. It's just the level and the effort, the passion and the pride that our kids play with. We talk a lot about practice, not only with Coach Dodge, but with the players as well, week to week. There's a competition factor in practice, and I can I can tell by the sound of your voice that today was probably a tough practice. We talk about the game and effort during a game, but I think a lot of people miss practice is what makes this place great. Our, our inside pass, you know, inside run drill is just as physical as it's going to happen in the first play of, of the game on Friday night. Our one-on-ones and our pass scale against our offense receivers and DBs going against each other, that's as fast as they're probably going to see all year long. When you have Kay Klubnick throwing routes against our defense, when you have Jaden Greathouse running excellent routes, when you have our offensive line challenging our defensive line day in and day out to be physical, and vice versa, and our defense doing the same for our offense, you know, that's how we get better. And, and we've bottled that up. We understand that as coaches, and, and more importantly, our players understand that. You know, about five years ago, it clicked, and they understand the importance of it. And, you know, Monday and Tuesday, we're going ones-on-ones at certain points in practice. A lot of teams don't do that. They may just line up and kind of use the tech team guys as a, a blocking shield or something like that, but we're trying to get after each other and make each other better and get the speed of the game uh, as fast as we can so that Friday night comes, it's a little bit slower. 
Robert Lucero used to do that when he had all of his talent here. You know, you have some guys go, well, what do you do when you have four or five Division One guys on one team? Easy. You split them up and you make them go to war with one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what you're driving to is, look, man, you're about to go up against the best defensive line in the state. You better have your act together. Probably the best wide receiver core in the state. You better you better get after it. And I always ask the players in our Shop of the Week interview, Coach, about who's the baddest dude that you go up against. They always get this grin on their face. You know, who's an attack team guy that, that runs offense against your defense that you're always kind of looking at and going, man, that sucker made another play against me. What's who's who's some of the guys that really just ball out and practice against you? Well, obviously, namely a lot of those guys that have been the attack team players of the week throughout the regular season. Those guys are typically the ones that you know catch our eye from week in and week out. At least the last two weeks have been really fun to have some of these uh, younger faces in our program come up for the playoffs. And obviously, we use that um, you know as an advantage for us to get those guys some reps and, and varsity practice, and those guys to learn the ropes of what a varsity practice looks like. I think there's a bunch of kids on that that I you know, let them know that they're doing an outstanding job. I would say Wilhelm, outside receiver, Bowen is a slot receiver doing a heck of a job. I think Parker Miners just stepped up, run some great tag team running back for us this week we got some o-linemen jose acuna kate coffee there's so many guys that just really really stepping up this week and you're seeing new faces at least from my perspective i don't get to see these guys every single day in practice obviously i know all of them but it's fun to see them go out there and have that that vigor and that passion um, wanting to do the very very best they can to, to impress their teammates impress their coaches and I think it's made for more spirited workouts for the last two weeks for sure. The game against Hutto obviously a dominant performance again but we look forward to New Braunfels and New Braunfels is a team you don't often look down the ranks and you get into the round of 64, round of 32, you don't see one district sweep another one. That's exactly what happened in 27-6A and 28-6A. You have programs like Steel, Smithson Valley, and, of course, New Braunfels. New Braunfels kind of the newcomer, but they've taken their licks in that district with Judson and Steel over the past few years. But now 9-2, and best record under Glenn Mangold. Got a very good quarterback at Aiden Bowman. And you look at that game against an undefeated Johnson team in the first round, and you're sitting there going, what happened on opening kick? Well, Johnson took it 77 yards the other way, held him to a field goal, and then boom, they hit it with a big play on special teams. And it, five straight scoring drives against an undefeated team is not anything to take lightly. New Braunfels is a different animal. Yeah, it doesn't take very long. You know, on Monday morning, we do our scattering report for the upcoming opponent. Uh, myself and Coach Rogers and Coach Murdoch get to go in there and give a scattering report to our, our football team about, you know, our upcoming opponent. It doesn't take very long to, to get your players' attention when you see that a football team just knocked off a 10-0 football team. We had a chance to watch the film. The video backed it up. They are an outstanding football team. You can tell that Coach Mangold does an outstanding job of coaching his kids. They're coachable. They're not scared. They're putting hats on bodies. They're executing run schemes. They're, they're throwing, throwing and catching a football on defense. They're being result-oriented, as you mentioned, as to finding a way to get off the field or to stop a red zone drive and hold it to a field goal. When you look at it, it's a complete football team. And there's a reason they're nine and two. You know, two losses to one to Steele, who's undefeated, and one to Smithson Valley, who's obviously perennial playoff contender year in and year out. So going into the week, they've had our, our full attention, uh, our utmost respect. Our kids have done a fabulous job to this point in this week preparing. Um, it's going to take a, a total team effort. We're going to try to win on all three faces and, and obviously you know, use our, our playoff experience as, as something that hopefully gets us over the top and into the round of 16. I start looking at some of the way the defensive numbers break down with Johnson. Five tackles behind the line of scrimmage, three sacks, a fumble recovery. They force three fumbles. In the secondary, they know what they're doing. 17 pass breakups. 
in that game alone. And and it's a game where they allowed, yes, 414 yards of uh, total passing yards, but we know what Westlake is going to do. The strength is running the football. Where are some of the things on defense that you see as a defensive coordinator going, okay, this is where they're really good. This is where we may be able to go. You always want to take into account what the strengths of your opponents are. That comes secondary to who you are. But with our belief in our uh, being a physical football team, that it always starts with running the football. And obviously, I think the more success we have running the football, then it allows us to obviously distribute the football outside to our receivers and our playmakers outside, giving those guys one-on-one chances to make plays on the football. That balance is ultimately going to lead us to to score more points. We're ultimately impressed, and we respect uh, you know their defense and their defensive players and what they've done to this point. We never want to to undersell who we are. And who we are, I think, has to take front stage as to what we know has made us successful, and that's just winning the physical game and then making big plays when they present themselves. They like to run the ball with Riker Purdy. They have the ability to throw the ball. As I watch them on film, the first thing I look at is their offensive line. That's what allows them to be successful. And this group, first program playoff win since 2009. So not only is this a team that's good, but it's a a team that now, coming into this one, has nothing to lose, and they've made history. You know, the strength of their football team, I think, runs through their offense. Um, I've spoke to a couple coaches in that in their league, and every one of them had nothing but great things to say about the quarterback, Aiden Ballman, in that league with Judson and Steele and Smithson Valley. He was probably one of the top one or two players in the league. When you have a, a signal caller that's that that much of a leader and that that productive as a player, um, I think the rest of the guys feed off of him. And Riker Purdy, that he was a first-team All-District running back as a junior. I anticipate he'd probably get the same honor again this year. Strong, talented runner. You can see very rarely has negative yards. So it's going to be great, a great challenge for us to tackle, keep him bottled up in space. You mentioned their offensive line, uh, their left tackle, James Dawn, uh, 6'3", 305 senior. I think he's committed to Sam Houston State. You see that, obviously, he is the most polished of the offensive linemen. He protects the quarterback's backside. There's not much pressure getting to the quarterback. And if there is, the quarterback, like you mentioned, has the ability to extend the play with his feet. And he's not just you know trying to extend the the play with his feet to, to run. He's still trying to get rid of the football and looking down the field. And he's made some big plays. Anytime you have a quarterback like that that's mobile, anytime you have a talented running back that's you know going to allow them to keep the ball you know out of our offense's hands. On the defensive side, we, we see obviously it's a challenge. We've got to find a way to get off the field and, and try to get our, our offense the football back. I hadn't even mentioned the three receivers yet, and they're all talented. Uh, Lance Beagley, the outside receiver, he's only a sophomore, but I think he has 13 touchdown catches on the year. Uh, the quarterback is 27 touchdowns and three interceptions. So you're talking about quality production from every one of these kids. It's, it's a heck of a task. They can spread the ball out. Can't just zero in on the running back because they have tall athletic receivers. Can't just zero in the quarterback because, obviously, once again, you got a running back to hand it to, and you they throw the ball to the backfield. So it's not just running the football how they're trying to get them the ball. So it's a complete team. We need to play a complete game and hopefully have one more point than them. Final thought, I know that you are entrenched in the bench when the defense comes to the sidelines, but I know at some point you watched what Brad LaPlante did on defense Coach Dodge never saw anything like that. He said it as as much at the end of our broadcast. He said, you know, 36 years of coaching football, I've never seen anything like that Mm -hmm. before. Have you seen anything like that before? And do you plan to maybe borrow some of it? Hutto was probably in their mind just trying to find any type of edge they could. And they thought that that might be uh, the best chance they had to, you know, cause some confusion. It worked for a couple of drives until our offense figured it out. After that, we just kind of culled the playbook down a little bit, went right at them, or we kind of let them come to us and threw a screen over the top of them. And the offense was very, very productive, over, I think, 500 yards of offense or something last week. So 
I've never seen nobody on the line of scrimmage like that before. I've seen um, a team play with two stand-up defensive ends only before. It was a Wisconsin Oshkosh against Mary Harden Baylor in about a 2018 national championship, maybe 16 national championship. Yeah, it was pretty unique. Obviously, it was has some success for, for the small time they did, but you can only practice so much of a, a defense like that. It takes a lot of practice, and there's some, some rule breakers, you know, that happen in that stuff, and there's some gaps that maybe two guys are blitzing in that leaves another gap open, and, and ultimately we were fortunate enough to kind of expose some of that, uh, you know, second half and the end of the second uh, quarter. We talked a lot about Coach Dodge our, in our last conversation. Now that you're in the playoff run and it is single elimination tournament time, that article for Texas Monthly that came out last week, I think really honed in not just on the relationship that he has with the players, but also relationship that he has with coaches. We talked a lot about y'all's personal relationship, your professional relationship, but ask you now, now that you're in the thick of it, is he really enjoying it? Is he really soaking it all in? And what's it like to kind of be at his right hand going through this last little run trying to repeat as a state champion? We have that same, as coaches, that same passion and pride that our players do. We don't want to ever be show coach Dodge as a staff that we're not holding up our end of the bargain. That we're not putting in the work, you know, and game planning and watching film and having meetings and trying to do everything that we can within, you know, within our time frame and in our power to, to win, you know, the next game for the football team and obviously for Coach Dodge in this last ride here. So I think that's a, a motivator for all of us in our coaching staff. It's a motivator for everybody in this building that we understand the ramifications of this season, every week that we get to play from here on out. He's been assured, you know, by, by the rest of our coaching staff and by our players that we're going to give everything we can to try to throw the best product on the field every Friday night. Hopefully that's good enough, you know, for five more wins. You know, in this playoff world, it's you don't get to five before you get the one before it. So we're at round two, looking to get another victory, obviously, and earn another week on Thanksgiving. Obviously in our program, that's one of our big talking points and goals for our programs to be practicing on Thanksgiving. We have to get the results on Friday night first before we can get there. But, yeah, it's been surreal. Coach Dodge has been – you can still see the twinkle in his eye on Friday night, the handshake or the hug he gives you for the game. It gets a little tighter every week, and I'm just enjoying it. I see his passion on the sideline. I see his passion in the locker room. He's talking to our team after big wins. You know, I think these kids recognize that um, there's no doubt he is all in just like this whole football program is about going out and trying to keep this winning streak going for as long as we possibly can. Coaches, always thanks for the time and good luck. You got it. Thank you, Joe.